you positive heads. Welcome to a very special episode dedicated to none other than you, the P-Heads themselves. I am your P-Head enthusiast and hostess for the day, Alexa Hauser. I have been blessed to have the experience of helping out with Positive Head social media for the better part of a year. And through my digital interactions, I began to realize as did Brandon, that we have some incredible beings listening to the show who are taking the information that Brandon puts out through the podcast and using it to transform their lives and create wonderful things. You listeners are all a huge, huge part of the life force that propels this show forward through time and space. And we think it's time to bring forth some of you beautiful reflections and delve a little deeper into this collection of energy that is the Positive Head community. So as we shine the spotlight on our listeners, what we'll have them do is share their stories of how they attracted Positive Head into their life, the transformation it's facilitated for them, and what they're focused on creating now that they're in a more positive headspace. Also, this episode of the Positive Head podcast is being brought to you thanks to the support of Gaia. If you're not familiar, Gaia is the go-to source for streaming consciousness content online. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com slash Positive Head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com slash Positive Head. Check it out. Hello, all you positive heads. Welcome to a very special P-Head Posse episode hosted by me, Alexa Hauser, where we feature you, the amazing listeners of this podcast, and hear your story, find out how you came to be a part of the awesome collective that is the P-Head audience, and learn about what you're doing, what you're making and creating with this wealth of information Brandon puts out into the universe five days a week. Today, our guest is Positive Head listener, Sam Buchanan. Sam is a director, set designer, playwright, theater artist, storyteller, LARPer, and spiritualist with an interesting perspective on the role that love and shame plays in today's society. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, I'm really interested to have this conversation with you, but um, you know, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you find the podcast? Well, like many have said, um, it was a simple Google search or typing into the podcast app search. I had mm-hmm. um, just finished uh, another like spirituality-based series called Mindful Living, Spiritual Awakening, and um, it, it had ended. It was supposed to end, and... Um, I needed something to kind of like keep me in the headspace, especially on my commute. So um, I stumbled upon this. Awesome. Yeah, I love how just like a simple search in Apple Podcasts or just a simple search has brought everyone to this, you know, amazing, amazingly powerful community. It's really awesome. It is. Um, so, yeah. Well, so tell us, you know, you and I have talked offline a bit, but why don't you, you know, tell the listeners, share with the listeners uh, your story and, and what you were, you know, excited to talk about here with them. Okay. Um, well, first thing I have to kind of get out of the way for this story to make sense is that um, my partner and I, um, we actually, we just got married today. Um, oh my- Wow. Congratulations. Yeah we, um, yeah. we woke up early this morning and um, we, we went and got married. So I'm, I'm really excited. It's, um, it's been a great day. 
That's amazing. Congrats. Wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank Great. you. Thank you. But, um, <laughs> so now with that in mind, we, um, we're, we're polyamorous and, yeah. um, what, what that means is, um, it's not an open relationship in like the terms that society likes to think about it, but it is, we are open to the idea of romantic interests outside of the confines of our established relationship. Mm-hmm. We, we do not believe that love is a limited resource and that it can be shared with um, multiple people. Um, we also find that it keeps us more honest, um, more in check with each other in, in, in relationships in the past. And I've seen a lot of relationships um, destroyed by some very innocent misunderstandings. You know, someone, a work friend sends a flirty text and you, you don't tell your partner about it because I mean, it's innocent. You have no intentions of cheating, but when they find out and found out that they, they perceive it as a dishonesty, if that mm-hmm. isn't shared, Mm-hmm. And so that is a fear-based response from the person receiving the flirty text or receiving this um, extra relationship attention. And it's another fear-based response from the partner who perceives it to be dishonest. Mm-hmm. And so what I found is when we moved into this model of relationship that so many of my fear-based impulses and my fear-based like questions that nag in relationships, they just vanished, instantly melted away. Yeah. And that was a beautiful thing. And, and if, if this relationship model isn't for you, polyamory isn't for you, the ultimate message there or what I'm trying to get across is that honesty is like the bread and butter of a relationship. Right. Absolutely. I, I, well, I don't know if I'm jumping in here, cutting you off, but, um, you know, when you messaged me and told we're, we're sharing your story with me a bit, I, it really, it really resonated with me and really stood out to me as like something that I really wanted to include in this series because we talk about love and relationships a lot on the podcast. Brandon talks about it a lot. You know, he has, um, a, some interesting perspective on it. Um, and I think, you know, just, just to give a little bit of background on me, you know, I, I've always kind of felt up until recently, I've always been so fearful of abandonment, um, in my relationships. I've always kind of like jumped ship the second that something when I felt like I was going to be abandoned, you know, in the past. Um, And after, you know, having my own awakening and especially after, uh, after being a part of the show and, and really understanding, um, you know, what's going on here and understanding love versus fear and everything that you were just mentioning, you know, that understanding and that realization dawned on me as well as especially recently is like, wait, what's wrong with loving other people? What's wrong with sharing love? It's, it's like we have this 
it's like love and loving anyone but the one person that you've designated as, a, as the one person to love, you know, which is, I guess, quote unquote, standard in our society. It is so shamed and so like made out to be almost the worst thing you could possibly do. And I personally feel that, especially for my own, my own experience, that that has been like a really heavy burden that I've carried around a lot of my life. And I just wanted to echo what you're saying and echo and, and just add on that, you know, I really am starting to see that the, the other perspective and the, the, the bigger picture, if you will, of, of that love is love, you know, love is love. And there are so many different ways to express it and share it. And I really do feel like our society is moving towards a more expanded perception of what love can be. And so I really think this perspective that you're sharing here and, and, and your, your story, it's so important. And it, it's, and like you said, it may not be for everyone and everyone might not be there yet, but you know, I, I'm, I just wanted to put out there that like I'm someone who was on the other end of the spectrum. Like I could never even imagine any sort of like openness in this area. And now I'm really starting to see like, would that be the worst thing in the world? No, it's, it's love. It's love. It's meant to be shared, you know? So anyway, <laughs> well, yeah. no, that's beautiful. And, um, yeah. and like you, it's, you have deeper relationships with it and mm-hmm. you have, you know, if say, you know, say my now, now husband, you know, has, he doesn't currently, but say he does find another romantic interest. That's another person that like I can love and like, and maybe not in a romantic sense or in a sexual sense, but in a, you are another human being like that is someone else that I can give love to. And that, that is just Mm. so beautiful to me. Yeah. I love that. I love that you, I love that perspective because that's what I'm talking about. It's like when we really think about it, it's like what, because we've been taught to think about it in this way of like, oh, this person is, you know, if another person comes into the picture, they're threatening you and they're threatening this and they're going to, you know, they're made out to be this like evil or, you know, like, like the enemy. And it's not, it's, it's what you just said. It's like a beautiful thing, right? It's a, it's a gorgeous thing. And, you know, there, you have these moments where, you know, that old saying, oh, no one wants to message me or no one wants to talk to me or get romantic with me until I'm already in a relationship. Well, that's the mm. laws of attraction. Exactly. That's like that's what's happening right there. And when. <clears throat> Once again, I'll say I, I keep flip flopping between like, oh, you know, this isn't for everyone. But and but it's just so. Like, I don't even like have words for it. Like, it was just so, it's just so honest. It's just so plain. It's just so true. Mm, yeah, it is. It is. That's why, again, that's why I really like your story really popped out to me because I don't think that a lot of people are talking about this in this way. And I don't think that, and I, I think it's, um, like I said, I can see that it's something that's going to become to come to the forefront and something that's going to be questioned and, um, you know, have expanded perspectives brought to it. But I, I really, yeah, what you're saying about when you're already in a relationship too, and then all of a sudden other people pop up. Yeah. That's law of attraction because right. Like you're and 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 what's wrong with it. 
go ahead. Go no, ahead. It's, it's just from my perspective where I'm kind of trying to take a weird middle road, even though I'm yes. incredibly biased is yes. it's, if you can't, that's resistance too. And we're trying to live our lives without resistance. Mm. So if you're in this relationship and this law of attraction starts firing off and someone wanders into your life, it's better and vibrationally better and spiritually better to allow that person in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because who's to say... And, and, and everyone is entitled to live the life that they choose to live. Everyone's entitled to live as closed off or as open, right, as they want, right? Right. But really, you know, I think what we're all working toward is exactly what you just said, is an expanded, as open and expanded as we, we can be. And this is a big area which is currently very limited, you know, in most people's eyes, I think. And I'm very interest I'm very yeah. interested to see how this transitions. But yes, I, I'm yeah, I'm with you. I'm with well, you. It, it is something that like is so it's so like unusual in society. Like my mom had a stronger reaction to finding out that I was polyamorous than she did to finding out I was gay. And I live in Mississippi. <laughs> like <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. That says something about yeah, people's perspectives yes. about it. Right. Yeah, it is. And, and and what do you think it is that people fear? I mean, that they, might be an obvious question, but I'm interested. What, what well, do you think they, really is? They fear that loss and they fear, and especially in long-term relationships, so much of your energy gets intertwined and it gets intertwined into like finances and vehicles and houses. And to, mm-hmm. it gets entwined in the physical realm as much as it does in the spiritual sphere. And people are so afraid of having that uprooted yeah. or not so much having that uprooted, but almost having it transplanted. Like, it's the, like, you know, they're worried about like their husband, wife, partner becoming someone else's. And then that makes that car someone else's. And what about the house? Mm-hmm. And, and if you, and if you're a, and if your relationship, you know, includes children, then what about the kids? It mm-hmm. just, it becomes like, it, it, becomes sort of like this cage of fear where, and like it's so much of it now is like, it's, there's so much, on TV and we are and coming from like a theater background and me being involved in that. Like we're so into our entertainment now. And the reason things are entertaining to us is because of the conflict and we are drawn to that and we want that. And because it's what we observe, we expect that we expect, mm. we expect a disaster to happen to us. Right. Or, you know, in entertain speaking of entertainment, I mean, what's like the most common contrast you see on TV in any sort of like series or anything? It's all like romantic drama, basically. Like, oh, this person came into the picture and now there's an issue and it's always like an issue yeah. about love. Right. It's always like movies that have no business having a romantic subplot have a romantic subplot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just to, just to make it relatable. Right. Yeah. You know? Just to, just to bring it home. And, right. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's nice and that's good and that's entertaining, but it, it sort of needs to stay there. Um, right. there, there was actually a movie uh, that just came out about, you know, polyamory and this, um, 
Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Um, and it is about sort of his life and his relationship with um, his wife and one of his students and how like the hero Wonder Woman was kind of born out of that. Mm. So that's just a little extra something. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I have a question, you know, I mean, just going back to what we were talking about, the reason people fear you know, like polyamory or opening up the relationship a bit is, is, you know, because of the loss and all of that. And so do you, what is your perspective on that in reality? Is that a reality? What is the reality of opening up a relationship? And and because I know, I think a lot of us don't know what that's like. Maybe we wonder about it, but you know, there's only a, a percentage of the population that I'd say that really knows what that's like. So what is it like? Well, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. When I first discovered I was polyamorous, it was um, in a bit of a blunder that I am working through some shame with it. Um, I met a friend at work who was sexually interested in me and him and his partner were open to that. His partner was a traveling teacher and was away for, um, for the semester. And my partner was interested. And so we, um, engaged in a a sexual based relationship with, um, me, my partner at the time and my work friend. And through that, me and my work friend, we really became interested in each other and we fell in love and it was hard and fast and and dirty. And (laughs) so when, when that happens, I I did what people do in that situation. I tried to hide it. Um, Mm -hmm. And my partner at the time, we're, we're, me and him are no longer together um, due to how this all shook out. We're still friends. I, I still love him. I wish him the best, but we are not, um, compatible romantically anymore. Mm-hmm. And when he found out about this, he we fought. But ultimately he was willing to try it. But that deceit had already been laid down. And I and no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't remove that. I and in part of my own doing too. I I'm it's a lot to try to move past that because like you said, cheaters are vilified. We're almost the worst of the worst. I mean, be, be a drug dealer before you be a, um, Mm -hmm. before you be a cheater. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that's so low down there. Mm -hmm. And he so but we tried it for a while. And during that time period, um, my romantic friend's partner returned and spiritual blunder ensued and the whole thing kind of um, fell apart. Mm -hmm. I found um, while I was still with my previous partner, I, I met someone else and it was my first polyamorous relationship outside of the confines of one that had began in infidelity right and that that's the partner i we we just got married today right. and so <laughs> and, and i'm really i'm really happy about that but um 
what I'm saying is, is how it is in reality with my partner now. And we began our relationship with this model present. We began this, we began this already knowing sort of what to expect. There was lot, there were lots of talks about it and with him, it's been beautiful and amazing and a model of what that type of relationship should look like. Right. And like, it's, it's, I'm happier than I've ever been. And is it, but you know, in the example that you just gave, I'm just trying to clarify for, for, because it, so what is it like in terms of allowing other people in? Because as we talked about before, that's the fear, right? That's the fear of people of like, well, what if this other person comes in and what if, what, what if they take my spot or like, what if my partner likes them more than me? Or what if uh, all this stuff we have together goes away? Is that a reality in, in, in my experience? No, it is not. Uh, it is not reality. It is what we tell ourselves is reality. The way it happens is you love you love people for different reasons, and it's not this idea that one person can provide more for you. They just provide they provide different things for you, mm-hmm. right? And you don't have a limited supply of that love to dish out. What does end up happening though, is in relationships, especially long-term relationships, you get to this real comfortable point where you, um, you, where you, I don't, I'm not trying to bash love or anything, but you almost become furniture to each other, you know, Hey, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We woke up again. No, how's dinner. And you just get into this pattern and that, you know, that fire, that romantic spark can kind of die. It doesn't mean that you're less committed to one another. It just means that you're not suffering or not suffering, but it kind of, it's, um, it's called NRE or new relationship energy. And right. it's very strong. It's very fast. It can make or break how you handle NRE makes or breaks your whole relationship. Right. And what, where the fear manifests is when that NRE, that new relationship energy comes from someone else and one partner is hit with it. And suddenly that fire is active again, but it's not necessarily, but it's, it's active again, but not in their primary relationship. And it doesn't mean you love each other any less, but it just means that this is how this energetic wave is coming right now. Right. And, and so how does that end up shaking out? Is it, is it just kind of like, because I've been kind of thinking about it as, you know, okay, for example, if your partner gets really like, let's, let's say your partner just in a normal relationship, let's say suddenly gets really into a new sport, like that they're. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say they get really into working out all of a sudden when they never were before and they suddenly just like feel the fire of working out and they're totally into it and it's totally lighting them up. And it's like, that's just like a hobby. That's just like something that they're doing and it's totally lighting them up and satisfying them. 
uh, that, and you as the other partner have nothing to do with that. And you're not a part of like, you're, you're not a part of that energy as you're, you know, talking about, um, but they're getting satisfied from something. And so I've kind of tried to like take that and apply it to relationships. And, and it's kind of the same thing. It's just that it involves another person, not a hobby. You know what I'm saying? It's it, so That's, is it like that? It is almost exactly like that. Um, it's, is this idea of you have to love your partner enough to want them to have that experience. Right. You have to love them more than you are afraid of them. And right. if you, if you love them, you, you want them to be loved and you want them to feel love. And if that comes from another person, that doesn't mean that you have failed as a partner. That doesn't mean that that doesn't, that doesn't mean that at all. Right. And so right. you have to come, that's the, one of the hardest demons of it is looking at that face to face and accepting, I haven't done anything wrong because my partner has this energetic rush for someone else does not mean I have failed. It means that they are loved stronger right now and I love them. So let me let that love in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it really, okay, that's, that's, because that's what I was thinking, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of even the same thing as like when someone hangs out with a new friend, it's like, I mean, some people can get as possessive over friends, I guess, but like, it's the exact same thing. And I have had friends that are incredibly, that are, that are that way, that are incredibly, you know, possessive. And it's, it's the exact same thing to like, well, especially especially with me being gay and most of my friends are straight males. They sometimes don't see the, they don't see the, the bout, like how those are energetically different sometimes. Like they just see my, right. my partner or my husband is like, Oh, it's just one of the guys. Right. And right. like, no, <laughs> it's a little yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, the, the only, I mean, it is different in your level of relationship and it, to me, like what the real difference is, is the, you know, sexual nature, I guess, of your relationship, like the difference between you hanging out with different friends and you having a polyamorous relationship is, is like that you're engaging sexually with them, which for some reason in our society is like a whole different, it, it, it changes everything. Like the second that, I mean, if you think about it, it's, uh, even going back to all those TV dramas and stuff, the second that two people feel like a sexual connection, it changes everything. And it's like, it's kind of, that's kind of what I've been finding interesting about this topic as I've been thinking about it from a broader perspective. I've been like, but what's, what is really that different about that part of it? Not that it's just another aspect of a relationship. It's not, it's not, it's the same thing as if like, you know, me and my friend really love to play like tennis together or something. And we have like an awesome, like competitive, like energy together. Um, and I don't have that with one of my other friends, but like, do you get what I'm saying? It's just, a, it's just yeah. another energy transfer. That's it. Like it's, it, but it's so charged. Like the idea of sexual intimacy or, you know, engagement in any way is such a charged idea in our society that it like suddenly it's like changes everything once you bring that into the picture. You know what I'm saying? So it's, that's kind of how I've been like looking at it and just kind of trying to think about it in a, in a, in a broader way. 
Well, that you know? NRE, that new relationship energy is one of the strongest, like just pure raw energies we can experience. Like it's almost right. like a drug, like right. men have killed for it. Right. It is, it's, <laughs> like, it is ridiculously powerful. Right. And yep. it's all about, okay, this is amazing right now. And I know this is amazing right now, but don't do anything you're going to regret and right. try to maintain your head because there, this is there, there is another side to this energy there. Like it, like that part of the relationship or that energy burst will fade out. Right. And it's no one's and fault that it fades out. It's the, it's the nature of it. Well, do you, do you listen to Abraham Hicks? I mean, if you listen to the show, you have to kind of do yeah, the show. I, I, very recently, I have, um, I have listened to a lot of Abraham Hicks. Yes. Okay. Well, so, yeah, I'm an Abraham Hicks uh super fan and uh i just i just really love i just really love their perspective on everything and anyway um i've been recently listening to you know they talk about this a lot um about relationships and about why you know anyone who comes to sit in the chair and ask them about relationship they basically every time are like you when you first fell in love the what what falling in love is is you using the other person as your excuse to decide to feel really awesome like and just tell yourself you're feeling amazing and you love that person and what you're really saying is you love yourself you know like you're you're using them as your excuse to be quote unquote in love in the vibration of love and it's natural that as time goes on when when you see someone every day you start to kind of notice less of the awesome things that you notice in the beginning and more of the, oh, you didn't do the dishes or you you said this or whatever. You start to notice more of those things. Therefore, you know, law of attraction, you're bringing more of that to you until eventually that's what you're noticing. And you're, you know, you're not noticing any of this stuff that made you fall in love with them to begin with. So, or made you fall in love with yourself in the relationship to begin with. So, you know, what she, what they say is it's really like our lazy focus, not saying that, you know, that one person is all we're supposed to be with for forever. They definitely, you know, say that like love, you know, they have a broader perspective of love as well. Um, but you know, just to that point, they, they, you know, they call us lazy focusers and that we just kind of stop paying attention to the beautiful parts of people. And we start noticing the things that drive us crazy. And then that's why we decide that, Oh, we're out of love or we need something else or, you know, like this person's not doing it for me anymore. And of course, like there are certain times when people have to split and maybe it's just time for a new person or or whatever. But, um, you know, it's it's going back to what you're talking about with the like NRE, the new relationship energy. What that really is, is like us deciding to be in love, right? Like it's like us deciding to like be in that energy. And so really like what they always say is like we can revive any relationship like just by focus. But we, you know, so I'm just I'm just I'm just bringing that into the conversation because it's another interesting dynamic of it, you know, like Oh, yeah, no, this is a this is a maze of interesting like yeah. <laughs> studies between like how things work energetically versus how we're yeah. sort of taught things should work and yes. it just completely flips it on its head and just once I got a glimpse of how these energies move and how I react to them and how my partners react to them, it just completely destroyed um, the 
relationship model basis that I had been taught all my life, just like ripped it apart. Yeah. And so what do you see for the future? Like of like, if you were to look 25 years, maybe even 50 years into the future, do you see a big difference in, in this area of our society or? I, I do see a, I do see it changing and moving more towards this style because I, I see it in my friends who who aren't polyamorous. I start to see it in my monogamous friends. And a lot of times it, it manifests as a, a kind of a kinky thing. It manifests as a sex mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And, but I know like my mom and like that generation would never have been into any sort of like sharing or openness with partners, like no matter what under any circumstance. And that kind of goes back. And now we are learning to be less ashamed of the things that we enjoy, be that sexually or, you know, any, any sort of way. And as, as a collective consciousness, we are starting to kind of lose that, um, mm-hmm. it's funny that you brought up, you know, like your parents' generation because I forget who said this, but I heard someone, some teacher said something that every generation is the previous generation's answered prayer, essentially. Like all the things that they felt trapped about, all the things that they couldn't figure out, that they kind of were asking for but didn't know how to let it in is what the next generation brings because then we come in and then we allow it, essentially. And so... um you know, but but what's different about our generation or this generation and this time of awakening is that especially with like, you know, podcasts like this and teachers like Abraham Hicks, we're learning how to allow it now what we want. We're learning how to and we don't have to wait till the next generation brings it in. We can bring it in now by by understanding how the universe works, understanding law of attraction, understanding that by asking we're creating and we can align with that now, which is why it's like, you know, this generation is so, you know, and, and why they say like, we wanted to be born now and be in this energy now, because this is kind of the most like transformative uh, generation. Like we had a taste of the old energy and now we know how to like move into the new energy. And so it's interesting to think about when applying to this topic, you know? Well, it, it was something that, you know, speaking of, you know, you know, changing energies and wanting to live in it now, like even when I was a teenager, like the idea of the American dream, you know, wife, kids, you know, dog, like that, that terrified me. I didn't want that. I, yeah. that looked like leave it to beaver to me and leave it to beaver was boring. Like, and I didn't want my <laughs> yeah. life to be boring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. I mean, when I was younger, I, I wanted all those things. I wanted the, the husband, the, the, you know, I didn't want the white picket fence necessarily, but I like wanted those things. And I think I wanted them so badly because I felt so insecure when I was younger. And now as I'm feeling more and more secure, it's like there I definitely want kids. Like, absolutely. That's such, so important to me. And I love my relationship but it's, you know, and I, I will get married, I think. But I think if I was born in like the next generation, I don't know. 
And I mean, I guess that might be weird to say, like, I guess that's like a interesting admission on my part, but it's like, I I know what you're saying. Like now, now as I'm becoming more and more aware, I'm kind of more like, I don't need to fulfill that exact cookie cutter vision, you know, like exactly. I want my life to be a little more dynamic and open. And so, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, you, you want it to flow and you want it to feel natural yeah. and you want it to feel right. And I just knew at a very early age that that wasn't right for me. Right. Yeah, exactly. All about tuning into yourself and everybody is, you know, even though even though even like the members of this group, we're all kind of sharing a common um, I message and ideology. It's like, we also are so different and have such different paths, you know, and are meant to have different paths and express ourselves differently. So, well, <laughs> speaking of, you know, positive head in the community, just what influence has positive head had on your life? You know, listening to this podcast. Well, um, during my my first few episodes I listened to, there wasn't a ton of synchronicity, but it was more of those things. One of those things that was like, okay, that's good information. I, I like that. That's something I'm going to try to practice. Mm. But then, as I kept listening, if it wasn't so beautiful, it would have been disturbing because eventually it just started, it started talking to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially there was um. There was one episode, I can't remember which one it was, but it was the most recent um, tapping episode. And he was talking about, um, Brandon was talking about, uh, was describing an acting method that I studied. And he never mentioned the name, but he was was describing the Meissner method. Mm. And it was something I had studied extensively in college. And whenever, and like, it's not something you hear. It's not something you pick up in everyday conversation. Someone's sitting on the water cooler discussing the Meissner method. And, <laughs> and like, it was just one of those things. And like, I woke up that morning before I listened to it. I was like, okay, I'm going to have, it's going to be synchronicity today. Let's go. It's just going to pop off everywhere. And that yeah. was the first thing <laughs> that I experienced. Yeah. Isn't it great when you tell yourself, like when you can put, connect those dots too and be like, okay, I, I decide, I kind of like made a little decision that like I was going to see some synchronicity or that like this day was going to be like this. And then it like, it really is like that shows you how powerful your, your internal decisions are. But yeah, this show has so, I mean, I agree as the more you listen to this show, the more synchronicity it is every morning when I wake up, I'm like, okay, what's going on in my life? Because it's going to be reflected in this episode basically like 100%. So what I love about it though is I love Brandon's faith in the process where he describes, you know, the best way to introduce this show to your friends is have them listen to episode 1 to current episode number or have them pick yeah. a number in between that and have them and his faith in that and as you keep listening to him explain that process to you of tell you what to do, how to introduce someone to this his sheer faith in that passes on to you and so if you're someone who's just now getting in to this mode of thinking or and just now exploring your spirituality that faith right there that this is going to work just is a huge blockage remover just like god <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I I like, agree. I and I love that about the show, and I, I love you know I love that that. I mean, have you done that? <laughs> oh yeah, multiple multiple times too. And like yeah. I said, if it wasn't beautiful, I would be creeped out. Yeah, because I'm like, get out of my head. But no, stay. It's nice. Talk to me. <laughs> oh, I like that. The show is talking to you. It um, is. It definitely is. It definitely is. It has a life of its own for sure. I mean, it, it definitely has an energy of its own that is greater than the, the sum of its parts. Yes, indeed. Well, speak. Speaking of that, you know, how would you like to see the Positive Head community expand? Are there any ideas you'd like to throw out into the collective? Yes. Okay. So, and I've, I've thought, I didn't think a long time about this question. It came when I read your, um, you know, your prep questions. Oh, this no, was you're giving the, away that I give people I'm prep sorry. questions. <laughs> sorry. Cut, cut me out. Sorry. No, just kidding. No. Danny, no, you when, can keep it I, in. Go ahead. <laughs> when I read that. I was like, oh, here's the thing. And I see this. I'm, I'm a member of a few different spiritual communities on Facebook. And this is sort of a recurring theme I see. I see it less so in positive heads, but I've seen it from time to time. And it is people wanting to experience ego death or wanting mm-hmm. to like get rid of their ego and shun their ego and, you know, try to break away from the ego. And I'm like, no, 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 don't, 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 don't demonize the ego. Yeah. Love the ego. Like the ego is a small, is a very small child who is trying its best to protect you. Like, yeah. please, how can you not love that being? Yeah. The ego is how we're, we are individuals, isn't it? Like that's what makes us individuals. Like if yeah, without, like, without the ego, we, we can, couldn't identify. Well, that was that and like, we can't exist in third dimensional space without it. Right. And so you're stuck with it. Love it. Right. Right. You can't, and, you can't not love any part of yourself and be whole, you know, it is, it is, it is a, it is a small child that you have got to just show love to. And like what Brandon says, like what you resist persists. So don't, don't try to kill it and don't try to escape it. Learn to live with it. Learn to love it. Mm. Mm. Yes. Good insight there. Very good insight. And I've thought that same thing too. I see a lot of people, I, I see a lot of posts like that of people saying, tell me how to kill the ego. It's like, it's there for a reason. So let's, I agree. Let's embrace that. Uh, that's nice. Um, well, so what is one thing that you think would benefit every P head to know or understand as they continue on their own journey? Well, that um, that little bit about the ego there, but um, I also mm-hmm. want to plug another podcast. I don't know if there's like, I don't think comp- I don't feel like there's a competitive energy here, so I'm, uh, I feel like that's <laughs> sure. okay. Why um, not? But but I, I mentioned it in the opener. It's um, mindful living, spiritual awakening by um, Dr. Mary Jo Pulio, mm. and it's what sort of set me. Are it it came to me very shortly after my first huge awakening and it was synchronistic with my spiritual growth to the point where I'm listening to stuff. And I just got into it. I'm like, okay, in this smorgasbord of spirituality, this part maybe isn't for me. And this podcast comes to me and it's like, well, have you tried that yet? Cause you might really be into that thing you just passed by. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I, I always was. And the same thing is happening, um, is happening with positive heads. And this just seems like this is a great continuation for me. But, um, like I said, the other podcast, it focuses more on 
sort of how oneness is. It is a, it's more like a textbook. It's more like a guidebook. Mm. Uh, yeah. And it, it can, it has a completely different energy than positive has, but still one of love and light, but it is trying to, I, I, I don't want to say that positive has, isn't trying to educate, but like education seems like it's prime motive. Right. Every, every podcast has a different tone and different kind of um, theme running through it. So I totally know what you mean. Yeah. So I, I, I greatly recommend that. Um, and it's, and it's, anything else just going for just be open to what the universe throws at you and always ask yourself, am I responding from the ego? Am I being impulsive? Am I, am I reacting? Mm. And if you can just get in this habit of checking back in with yourself, uh, you know, talk to the ego, how you doing ego? Someone <laughs> made you mad at work. Okay. Well, don't, <laughs> Don't, don't show it so much. Don't brood so much. It's okay. People love you. Mm-hmm. And I find that those moments where you kind of have to talk the ego down um, are like really beautiful, spiritually growing moments for me. Because when you're doing that, when you're talking the ego down from like a weird ledge or when you're talking the ego back emotionally, at that moment, you are at the perspective of your higher self. And so at that moment, you create a bridge between your physical form and the higher self by that communication. Mm, I love that. That's such an interesting way to think about that. Yeah, that's great. That's great insight. Um, well, so I, I kind of, I, I didn't ask you this, but what, what are you working on now? Is there anything specific that you're working on that you'd like to throw out there or is there any way that um, people can contact you if they'd like to, you know, talk about this more or have questions for you? Um, yeah, you can always reach out to me on Facebook. I'm a member of the community. Um, just Sam Buchanan. Um, right now, what I am working on is the nature of theater is very locally based. Um, but right now I'm working on a production of um, Noises Off. It's a, a British comedy farce it's uh, it's hilarious um so i'm working on that and i'm trying to um launch into more of like a digital playing space i have a small group and we call ourselves the bottom of the barrel players you can find us we have a facebook group you can find us there um and we, we're semi-active we're kind of active and uh I'm, I'm looking to try to do more with that um trying to get into the new generation of entertainment and theater seems incredibly resistant to that. So I'm trying to kind of <laughs> what, what do you mean? push it. What do you mean? Play space, like players. You mean like you guys are doing like digital content, like en- entertainment, not, not at the moment, but we are, we're in the conceptualization phase mm. of providing some digital content. We're at this moment, we're just brainstorming and we're writing scripts. Um, we're hoping to launch a podcast and a YouTube channel, but neither one of these things are active and are more in the dream stage. So don't go looking for us just yet. <laughs> I'm sure they will manifest soon though. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they will. <laughs> well, that's awesome. You'll have to keep us updated on those. And of course, share those in the group whenever they do manifest. Um, it definitely will. <laughs> but all right. So this is my last question for you. Yeah. Uh, do you have an intention for 2018? 
I, I do have an intention for 2018. My intention for 2018 is to, I want to continue my education. Right now, I'm not very pleased with the job that I am at. And um, to do what I want to do, I only need one more degree. So I'm going to mm. go try to get that bad boy and uh, kind of get my life on the road again. What is it that you want to do? I'm curious. Um, I, I'm, I want to teach academic theater. Like I want to teach oh. on the collegiate level. I love academic theater. Yeah. Like I love it more than I do like professional theater or community theater, just because you spend long hours sitting in classrooms, like talking about it and like getting mm. down to it. And you just really the things- love theater. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. I love the nuts and bolts of it and how it moves energetically through people because it's just just so raw. Yeah, you're kind of like, I mean, all acting is kind of like, you know, channeling in some ways, right? Like you're you're really like channeling characters and letting that energy flow through you, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, especially for me, uh, I'm for me as a director, I it is a three month or five week long exercise in the laws of attraction because at the end of this process, this is going up one way or another. And it's either going to be great and amazing how I (laughs) am, how I'm envisioning it. Um, But every now and then we slip up and it's not. So it's, it's it's, It's always a good exercise. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's great. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Sam, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I think this was a hugely important conversation. I think um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the group responds, how the listeners respond. But I think it was really just to me, this is a really important topic and I really loved your insight. And, um, I just, I, I, I think you have really important perspective. So thank you for taking the time to chat with me. No, no, thank you for having me. Awesome. Journey. Well, right, you too. Namaste. That's it for this week's episode. If you're a listener with a story to share and are interested in being featured on a future episode of this special series, you can email me at alexa at positivehead.com. Also, if you're craving more consciousness-elevating content, be sure to check out Gaia, which is the go-to source for streaming consciousness content on the web, where you can stream an incredible 7,000-plus exclusive videos covering 5,000 years of wisdom. As you all hear Brandon constantly say, it's a daily conscious effort to maintain an elevated vibration, and if you're looking to journey deep down the rabbit hole to do so, then Gaia is the best place we know of to do it period. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com slash positive head. Check it out. Otherwise, tune in next Friday for another P-Head Posse episode. And until then, as Brandon always says, journey well.